Welcome back to another episode of City Life Uncensored. Super pumped today. Got probably one of the uh, the nicest people I've ever met, and so it's pretty cool. Uh, we were talking talking offline here. It's been a little over a year since you kind of took over took over the brokerage, and I always joke around, right, calling you the the mom of the mom of the <laughs> office and the mom of the brokerage with with your background, which you know we'll certainly get into with with everything you did prior to getting the real estate and. Um, you know, super, super pumped to have you here. Uh, Tara runs our runs our brokerage, Remax City Life. Um, really keeps Brian and I out of out of that side of the business for the most part. Obviously, Brian, you guys know his background with uh, being an agent for a ton of years, doing a ton of business. I think him and Tara kind of had a great relationship. And, you know, growing up all the way up into uh, being agents in the in the same kind of community and always following each other around as far as the brokerages they were attending and they'll get, I'm sure they'll get more into that. But, uh, yeah, Tara, excited, excited to have you hanging yeah. out with us today on the, on the podcast. <laughs> Why don't you, you know, maybe we'll just dive right in here. Like, you know, I always start with like, what's your come up, bro? Like where, what, you know, tell us, tell us, you know, your background, why you're here, what, what you love about real estate, whatever, whatever you really want to get into in terms of, uh, you know, your history. Well, my background is kind of the, uh, old, story that you hear about the, the kid who came from nothing type thing, but it's the truth. I, I think I moved 13 times in my childhood before I bought my first home. So my childhood was uh, different as far as that goes. And I moved around a lot, but I think I gained a lot. I grew up in the inner city and then I went, I worked from a very young age. I, you know, worked through college, all that. I commuted to Slippery Rock, which was really dumb actually from Brentwood at that time an hour and 15 minutes without traffic or snow I was thinking two yeah an hour it was rough but I did it um and then I taught like daily yeah wow until I pre-student taught and then it got even crazier I I guess that was probably two right back when gas prices were around uh two bucks or something 20 bucks to fill up my tank yeah (laughs) it wasn't too bad that was prior to podcast too so you didn't have anything to listen to in the car I, I talked to my dad like half of the ride every day. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So it was, yeah, it was uh, a task that <laughs> taught me a lot. We'll mm-hmm. just say that. Um, and then I taught for 12 years. I absolutely loved it. I taught higher education as well as high school, as well as middle school. So that had given me the foundation to, I think, hopefully do pretty awesome here. And um, I began real estate as I was teaching. And it just opened my eyes to a whole other world that, you know, not only for myself, but for my family, my friends, helping people. Um, and it just made so much sense to me. Which so. first sparked that interest, like in real estate? Like, obviously, you were teaching. Yeah. Uh, from what I remember, you're doing some type of social media stuff. Uh, like, you are always had, like, some kind of side hustle on social, media, <laughs> on, on social media. So was it just following people on social media or... A few things. So I've always been kind of the entrepreneur. I would go to thrift stores whenever I was on social media and I would seek out fashionable items. And then I created like an Instagram and a business essentially where I would sell things on Instagram. And that kind of opened my eyes to the power of social media. And so when was this? Oh, geez. It was while I was teaching. So it was probably 2008 is when I really started looking into it and then i think i was always at the bar till four in the morning back in, i was back at that time i was kind of a nerd that's fine it worked <laughs> out <laughs> i was kind of a nerd but then by the time 
I actually made it happen. It was, oh, geez, I don't even know. Like 2017 is when I finally put it into action. And it, it, I mean, I went from Instagram and then onto an app called Poshmark. And I'll tell you what, that is a good business to be in if you need a side gig. Because if you know fashion and, you know, understanding what's popular at the time, it's it's what I thought was. Do you still do it? I do have a Poshmark, yeah, that I okay. still buy and sell from. And it's not as active right now <laughs> because I focused on everything else. But, yeah, it's a side um, gig, so to say, that I've done for a long time. And I like it. And I actually buy a lot on there, too. And it's called reposhing. So if I know something is popular and it's undervalued on somebody's account, you can buy it, but then reposh it and sell it for a better. So it's like wholesaling of clothing that's awesome and, it, and it's actually funny i i mean you two are so much alike but i mean you used to sell watches online didn't you smart watches yeah, they were smart <laughs> back before watches were smart right they were actually yeah it was the one ever it was knockoff apple watches they were they were junk okay yeah, yeah. child child gps watches uh kids notepads uh those sport wristbands Random ass shit. That's funny. I so, didn't know that. <laughs> so why did you write off? I mean, it sounds like you clearly had entrepreneur in your in your blood in terms of what you wanted to do and where you want to be. Like when I think about entrepreneurship and I think about teaching, I mean, you can't get further from the two other than the fact of yeah. I can't even think of something, right? Like off the top of my head. So like why teaching then if you had this itch and you know, you kind of, sure. you know, whatever else went to college, started this Poshmark, et cetera. Like, why did you get into teaching in the first place? So I, initially I went to college for nursing. So I have a few years under my belt for nursing until I realized that I couldn't be in a room with needles and I fainted a few times <laughs> and uh, it redirected. And I, I knew that I wanted to help people no matter what I did. That's always been just kind of my intrinsic drive um, of why, of my why, um, and then I was in a health academy through high school, and essentially my health academy teacher, Miss Falls, who is still actively involved in my life. Shout out, Miss Falls! Absolutely, she's one of my reasons I got my ass in shape, quite honestly, and got my stuff together in high school because I was not as focused early on in my life, and I think it was a blessing because I got it out of my system early. But um, so backtracking to that situation, I kind of knew that nursing may not be best for me. And then I kind of advocated on her background, honestly, of being the health education teacher in Carrick High School. Um, so it only made sense to me then to, to maybe seek out a profession as a health teacher. And it's funny because okay. now the fitness aspect is my passion. I love the health aspect, obviously. But when I showed up to Slippery Rock, <laughs> I think I may have owned one pair of tennis shoes at the time. <laughs> I didn't know what I was getting into. I drove... I'm very um, impulsive sometimes, and this was an impulsive decision because I wanted to go to Pitt, and they dropped their program. So I went to Pitt. I spoke to an advisor. They dropped their program for health and phys ed, and I was devastated. But I was determined to seek that goal. So essentially, I looked at the most um, reputable universities, and Slippery Rock was it, and I hadn't visited there at all. And my first visit there, I remember calling my dad, city girl and I was like oh no dad there's cows here <laughs> what am I doing and I'm driving down this windy road like there's no street lights I don't understand what happens when it gets dark and I remember his chuckle like welcome to Slippery Rock Terra <laughs> like this is not the city 
Um, but yeah, I just knew that I wanted to help people. And that was the only thing that I could think immediately that kind of resonated with my goals at the time. And I didn't really know the ins and the outs, but I think that it was a good foundation for me. Regardless. Yeah, let me, let me dive into this a little bit more because I want to stay on topic and yeah. kind of fast forward that though. And then we can get, get, you know, go back. But I mean, that's clear, right? Cause every, every time we talk and you know, everything, you know, that we do with the brokerage and, and with people and helping people and all that, it, it's clear to me, right. That you do have that passion. So clearly there's something going on in the brain from a mindset mm-hmm. perspective. So like dating all the way back to that point in time, right. Wanting to help people and, and, be a nurse and you call it like, how has that helped you now in running the brokerage, having agents kind of under your wing, pushing the brokerage forward. And then obviously, you know, you're obviously incredibly still active, you know, representing (laughs) clients in the industry, right. Buying and selling real estate. So how is that mindset dating all the way back to, you know, wanting to help people in health and phys ed and being, you know, want to be a nurse Mm -hmm. and health and phys ed becoming a teacher for all those years to now where, you know, it's totally different, but it's the same helping people. So what's that mindset like and why, you know, why and how has that helped you today? I think the foundation of it is having patience and understanding, you know, that we have to approach situations, you know, differently no matter what and always to kind of be that shoulder for people to lean on and, and never be judgmental, so to say. And um, also it's the the ultimate outcome of anything that we're doing honestly in our careers right now is that help factor we're making such an impact on agents lives and helping them set their families up for success and themselves up for success financial freedom we're creating businesses within our jobs as agents which i think that's one thing within you know remax city life that sets us apart because we i always describe our brokerage as more of the middle school or high school version of a brokerage where we're really at the step of the careers within the people that are under our our wing that are ready to branch out and spread their wings and, you know, soar toward whatever goals they're creating rather than focusing on a foundation of how to be an agent. So they've graduated. They're, They're ready for the next step. And essentially just being able to guide people and understand them and, and learn them. It's a very, you know, individualized approach, I think, because everybody, even within the brokerage, every client we deal with is also different. And being able to have that, honestly, like the psychological or mentorship approach to be able to have them be able to trust you and understand that you're in it for their well-being, you know, is pretty important. So, so I, you know, you've got that that mom mentality, right? The sure. teacher mentality that comes into this and, you know, obviously partnered with our broker of record here, uh, you know, Brian, who has more of the entrepreneurial mindset and, and the idea of helping people, right? I, I equate to this all the time and I still say it. One of the, the coolest things that drove me to wanting to be business partners with Brian was, you know, on day one when we walked in and I started helping him consulting, he had on his board, he wants to help create 50 millionaires. And it's similar to kind of you. It's just a little bit different. You really want to help and mentor people along, right? And so, you know, over to you, Brian, like, Obviously that her mindset has attracted you to that because she's helping you do that. Like, how does that, how does that fit into the, to the image and the, of the brokers that you ultimately wanted whenever you said, Hey, I'm an agent now. I want to become a broker. Now I want to start a brokerage. Got to find the right people to come in and run it, the right mentalities. And how has that transpired in that thinking dating all the way back to, you know, where you were just an agent and trying to create 50 millionaires. 
Yeah, I mean, it's <clears throat> like as an agent, naturally you want to help. Like being an entrepreneur, you want to you want to create like you want to create opportunities. Entrepreneurship is just creating opportunities, making stuff happen. Same time as you do want to help clients. Like anytime you want to add value, you want to add value to somebody. Whether it's a person that's in the brokerage, whether it's a buyer seller, you want to add value. So when we started, whenever I started going down the path of wanting to be a broker, wanting to own a brokerage, I wanted good agents that actually kind of already were moving in the right direction. Like I did want to mentor people. I did want to help people that just started out. But I also wanted to really help people that are already kind of figured it out, but still needed to figure it out more just to give them more ideas <clears throat> kind of kind of share what I've learned with a lot of trial and error, a lot of expenses like out of my pocket for marketing, a lot of time wasted, a lot of lack of delegation, all that stuff. So, <clears throat> but yeah, no, I think uh, with Tara, I think we both saw the same thing. Uh, whenever Tara, you were full-time now for about a year, fully basically running the brokerage, me still as broker of record, still helping out there, still answering some questions, still chatting with agents and, doing that, but you're really there on a day to day. You're really there in their corner. You're really at events with them. You're constantly communicating, constantly sharing ideas, constantly bringing stuff back from me and Casey back down in. So no, I think with Tara, we saw that because you had years of teaching, you had that compassion and you really cared about your business too. Like you always promoted on social media. You can tell that was a passion of yours. And you were kind of stuck in this job over there too. That was a good job. Then it was like, we knew you would crush it. So I think, I think you're, you're such a perfect fit. It was like instant whenever, uh, whenever we made that call and called you said, Hey, let's, let's make this happen. I know you start schooling a couple of days. <laughs> a week and a half. <laughs> yeah. Right. So that was, yeah. You no know, pressure. funny story. It was, it was, uh, you know, whatever that was, it was, I, and I don't even remember how ultimately, maybe you do how, I think you came to me. I don't know. We were we were struggling with what we wanted to do with the brokerage ultimately because we were we were running a wide business and we weren't sure. And we said, "Hey, we really need to figure something out here with the brokerage because we're not mm-hmm. putting enough time and effort into making this a fantastic brokerage." And so we struggled for a little bit. And I think you came up. Well, ultimately, you called me. I think we're like, "Hey, I have an idea." Yeah. And it was like a week before <laughs> school started, right? Like, yeah. yeah. And so we had a we had a move incredibly quick, and it was like literally a light bulb went off. And I think I don't even remember exactly what happened, but probably called you in and said, "Hey, I do." No. <laughs> well, tell us the story. Let's go. Let me well, hear it because I'm trying so to remember back. It's even more funny in a way, or ironic, because I had shared the position, like the posting that was yep. put on Facebook, not thinking anything of it. You know, I just okay. So we had posted, we had it out you there. You had it posted, yeah. yeah. Posted. And I shared it, and it was a Friday. I just pulled into my driveway, and Brian called, and he's like, "I have a question." Like, a, and so uh, everybody knows she was a she was an agent, obviously yes. part time, because she was a full time teacher doing deals as a you know as an agent mm-hmm. on the side, right at the end of the day. And so that yeah, was a know. lot. It was like two full time jobs for at least two years or so, or maybe three at that time. But um, so Brian then had called and was like, you know, what are you doing on Tuesday? I'm like, <laughs> I'm going back to school shopping actually. And um, he's like, well, do you have time to come down for a meeting? with Mark and, and like talk to Casey and I. And I remember <laughs> the first thing I said was like, who did I make mad? <laughs> like, what did I do wrong? <laughs> and I'm like, I didn't do anything, did I? And then he laughed and he was like, no, we want to talk to you about a job opportunity. And he kind of ran the scenario by me. And it was like, initially I just wanted to be like, absolutely. Like that just makes so much sense. But then 
you know, reality sets in and I'm getting ready for a school year and I have two children and I have a career that, you know, I've worked so hard to obtain and maintain. But um, long story short, we went in on Tuesday. It was supposed to be, I think, what, like a 45 minute meeting. We stayed for two hours. We missed, uh, I forget where we were supposed to go, but Mark and I ended up staying he drilled you a little bit on my behalf to make sure that it was a, yeah, a, a proper question. Yes. Yes. Um, but no, it just, it was like I could literally see doors closing and opening at the same time consecutively. It just, it just made so much sense that I initially was, you know, very skeptical. And even as, you know, we left, Mark was like, you know, I really think that I'm backing you up on this one because it just, this just makes so much more sense for our family and for your goals. And, you know, I'm not in a hamster wheel, so to say. Not how, that. How do you feel about it now? Looking back about the decision I, that you made? I would never go anywhere else. I mean, this is, this is home. Like, this is just, it makes, it, it feeds my personality, my ambition, my future, my goals. It gives our family more than I could ever imagine. The knowledge I've gained within the last year surpasses anything I think that I've ever learned in my life, quite honestly, as far as career base um, and life. I feel like it's given me a whole new way of looking at life and work. Um, yeah. So, And so for me, I, I, what I call that ultimately is, is relationship sales. Mm -hmm. What I mean by relationship sales is I've, I've never really sold anything in my life. I was never a part of a sales organization. I was a CPA and accountant at the end of the day. But whenever you have something and you're authentic about something, you know what's best mm -hmm. for other people and you have genuine, authentic conversations with them. Relationship sales is really the ability to convince them what is best for them when you know that is ultimately what's best for them. And to toot my own horn, I think I did pretty well at that to get you to get you over here in terms of the, the two hour conversations. And obviously I had to do some selling to to your husband to, to obviously quit your job and you had a pension and, you know, everything yeah. else from a teacher. Right. So. There was a lot to walk away from. And ultimately, it wasn't even that I didn't like what I was doing. I loved teaching. I loved it. I loved my students. I loved my coworkers. The distance was really daunting. I taught in Hopewell, which was over an hour from my and house. I think we threw that at her. You don't want to be traveling anymore. Yeah. <laughs> so there were so many variables to consider. But, you know, I think at the end of the day, I definitely made the right decision and, you know, Maybe one day we'll be able to get back into the schools and advocate the knowledge that we're able to instill in the high school level. And who knows? You know, the options are endless. But one thing that always resonates with me about our meeting, your sales pitch, so to say, <laughs> um, my personality is that I can't be stuck in a bubble. Like, it's just it's just my mentality. I always if somebody says that the cap is here, I'm like, no way. It's up here. Like, it's just it's just how I've always yeah, thought. You weren't meant to be a and, teacher. Yeah. On that level, maybe. <laughs> I'm still well, teaching. Yeah, but 100%, it's nice. right? But you're teaching at, a, at yes. a much bigger level, and I think you're yeah. just getting started there. Sure. There's no ceiling to it either. Exactly. The options are endless, and that's what, you know, when we were in that that meeting, um, you had said, you know, if you have ideas or goals or a vision, let's figure out how to make it happen. Any other place I've ever been in my life or career, there's always been limitations on anything that I could do or try. And it's always been guided by, honestly, someone who had no clue what it even entailed or had to do. So, you know, and it's not knocking anyone, but it's just that I was being 
restrained in a way of what my potential could have been. Yeah. Um, I, I, I always say this, right? Like in order to find happiness, you have to continuously be chasing that happiness. Sure. To me, drop a bomb here, right? That is the idea of happiness to me is Absolutely. always continuously chasing that. And I think in order for that to be true within work and within a career, whether it's an entrepreneur, whether you're owning your own business, whether you're a W2 employee, a 1099, whatever all of that is, you have to be able to align the business goals with individuals' personal goals and where they want to go with their vision. And as, as, a, as a business owner, as a company, if, if you're successfully doing that, the sky's the limit. What that means, you've got to let them flourish and figure out what it is that they want because most of us don't know. Like probably all three of us sitting here, we don't know what we want to be when we grow up, right? We always say that we don't know where we're going to be in I 10 years, but we want to <laughs> continue chasing that. And we have to allow each other to do that. And I think we do a pretty good job of that at City Life, right? And so let's let's turn that back into, you know, what we're doing at Remax City Life because we didn't recruit for a while. Mm -hmm. We have a very strong brand in terms of the people we allow into our brokerage. We're very selective. And you're running the show on that side. And, you know, going back to the relationship sales, you know, when we do recruit, we, we try to really show people why this is going to change their life and the best decision for them. And not everybody agrees and that's okay. But what do we have going on at brokerage now and why have you started recruiting again? There's a lot. And I, I agree, you know, essentially we now have so many systems in place and such a culture and a, a backing that I'm able to seek a few more individuals of like-mindedness. And it, it took building the culture first and, you know, really instilling the true values that we have within the brokerage because we definitely are unique and I hold so much value to it and I would never want to jeopardize that. But we're finally at the place that we have this tight knit unit of collaboration of people that I feel truly humbled to be surrounded by on a regular basis. We have so much knowledge within the agents that we have here. And I just want to not only maintain that, but continue it. And now, though, we're at the point where we can add a few more people of like-mindedness who want to be surrounded by, you know, people that are just for everybody. And everybody wants to have everyone lift each other up. It's a very different experience than I've ever had in any other brokerage. And from what the conversations I have with other people, it's different from basically anywhere else. And I want to keep that because... It's just something that you can't really understand until you experience it and you see it for yourself. So when I have conversations with potential um, agents that I see it in them, I see that mm -hmm. they could be a potential asset to us and us an asset to them. Creating win-win situations, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, it's, it's hard to explain it on paper or in a discussion. And a lot of the times I... 100% encourage them to come be around us. You know, we're going out next Friday because we want to be together, because we want to have our families around each other and we want to just be surrounded by one another on a, a regular basis. We have what I think is, you know, when we opened the chat group, I honestly was hesitant, but it was my way to keep us all connected um, in a way that if someone is on one side of the city but has a question they feel that they can have an immediate support group um, or just to say hi or to get together um, they wanted to go to top golf one day whatever so it's really nice to have that unit of people that are literally genuine with one another um, 
But essentially, as far as the recruiting aspect, I kind of go about it the opposite way where I feel like it's me weeding through characteristics of people that I've had experiences with or had collaboration with and then knowing who would really work well here and who we could really add value to and who's ready for, you know, kind of our environment, so to say. Um, so you've been, yeah, I know you've uh, brought on a few, few more people recently and having a lot of conversations. Mm-hmm. I know just me personally with being in the in- industry so long with the way the market's changing just a little bit. Uh, typically, recruiting season's always right around this time of year. Sure. It's always whenever agents really make switches or fall, winter months. Mm-hmm. But I feel like, and correct me if I'm wrong, people are way more open to making changes this time of year, being that the market has shifted a little bit. Sure. Sales are down just a tad. Uh, commissions are changing because it's not as easy as it was for the last few years. It's getting a little bit harder. Listings are staying online a little bit longer. I would imagine, are you seeing that it's becoming a little bit easier or there's more people willing to have that conversation right now than in previous years? Yes. Um, you know, it, 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 it goes in waves, honestly. Um, but essentially, yes. And I do think that the conversations that I'm having with people now also stem back to the fact that I hope that it's understood throughout the community of, you know, all the realtors across Pittsburgh that I'm very genuine when I approach somebody. It's not me being a crazy stalker recruiter because quite honestly, what I gain from people being here obviously is the people like that's what I gain. And I want good people. Yeah. And so it's a very organic situation as opposed to me trying to say, I have to get 17 new people here and I don't care what they're, you know, mentality is or what they're here for. Um, it's I backwards. guess though that's not entirely true considering we did give you a little bit some goals. Yeah, but I'm like a stickler. <laughs> I'll meet the goals within the ethical parameters that meet our agents. 100%. Um, yeah, you, still you, know. people, you still want people to add value. Like sure. Agents, if you have agents around, you want agents that want to push other agents and just basically be around people that are doing transactions. Yes. That motivates other people to do transactions. If you're in a room full of people where everybody in that room is only doing one or two transactions, you're only going to do what, what's around you for the most part. Sure. Some people are going to really excel, but if you put people in a room that might be doing one to three transactions in a room of everybody in there is doing 20, that person doing three, depending on their life situation, is likely going to do at least 10 the next year Absolutely. or 20 the next year. So Absolutely. having still somebody else that can mesh well culturally but is looking to grow, is looking to expand yes. and really start taking those next steps of how to hire, how to hire your first admin. What does that even look like having an admin? What does that look like outsourcing transaction management so you free up more time to do showings? What does that look like buying leads and actually managing those leads and going out on the appointments correctly or having somebody else do showings so you can spend time at home with your family at night? Sure. So that's really, those type of agents are the ones that I feel have been meshing the most where they're like ready to take that next step, that next commitment, really grow their business, not really learn about your real basic paperwork. Sure. That's what I've noticed uh, the agents you've been bringing in. Yeah. And it, 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 it's great. It's really, it's like a domino effect. Honestly, that's the best way that I can kind of envision it. It's like, as we bring more solid people on to add to the solid people we have, everybody just really feeds off of one another. And 
you know, even the last few that we brought over, everyone just has so much unique knowledge and experience that it's really neat to see how everyone collaborates ongoingly. And, you know, just having everyone in the room together or in the chat together, the topics and the content and the knowledge that's gained ongoingly is really cool. And I agree, surrounding yourself with the people in our brokerage is just going to not number one, want make you want to do better, but give you the actual tools. Like we lay the foundation for whatever it is those goals are. Whenever we have goal setting meetings, when I sit down with the agents and have the goal setting meetings and map out what their ideal scenario is, it might be building a team. It might be more freedom. It might be this, that, or the other, but it's really kind of getting down to what will make most sense to get them there and continue to feed into their business and make it worthwhile. Um, and, you know, another thing that I know sets us apart is, and it's clear because it stems back to, honestly, you two, not to toot your horns, but Hong Kong. You can toot my horn all Hong you Kong. want. But. Casey loves his horn tooted. <laughs> okay, go Listen, ahead. my head's pretty big. We can make it bigger. I'm all right with that. <laughs> your head's going to hit the ceiling. <laughs> but um, I think it's a testament to the fact that our whole company is is people oriented. Obviously, we have the the ten for ten. I mean, we're setting people up for future wealth and well being and success. Ultimately, it's not just giving them more money for their commissions, which is a great asset, obviously. But it's also showing them how to look out for their future well being, set their families up. Um, and there's just so much other content and knowledge that you literally can't find anywhere else. Within Remax City Life, you have City Life that to have the resources of City Life within a brokerage reach, I, I mean, I don't yeah, want to. Right, qu qu quick plug there. I'll throw it out there for I you. I don't want to sound arrogant. I'll put in a quick plug, <laughs> right? 10 for 10 program, fantastic program. If you're an agent listening mm -hmm. to this, obviously reach out to Tara first and foremost because I also agree with her and everything. The 10 for 10 program is amazing. Everything else that we offer at City Life from the investment side and everything that we've done, certainly fantastic, right? So um, that's the plug. Reach out to us, certainly. But transitioning a little bit here, right, Tara, like, you know, it's been a little bit over a year since you've really dove into real estate full time. Give us some of the problems and challenges and, you know, regrets. Give us some of the negative, bro. Like what, what's like what's sucked at the end of the day for you since you've transitioned and how to how have you fought through that? No regrets. <laughs> With an A. That's mine. I'm kind of funny sometimes. No. Um <laughs> What? Um, what was the joke you sent? It the, you sent a joke in an email yesterday. I was like, "Fuck, Tara, what are you doing?" What was Just that? call me Swiss because I'm cheesy. No, I don't you know. Say that a lot. No, it was. Uh, was that the inspection oh. on Briarly? Oh yeah, about me being a T. The former teacher in me approves of this passing. Yeah, score. we passed the test. Yeah, we passed the test. <laughs> That's okay. I'll still have mom jokes. It's fine. I didn't fine. open it. I saw it. Yeah, he didn't you read can it. See it without, <laughs> yeah, it was an inspection. Brian's like, I'm sure it's great. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, we passed the test. Like, I'm sure yeah. it's great. No. Mikey um, was like, Mikey, because it was, you know, it was a reno job. Mikey was like, woo, or whatever. It was pretty funny. I love it. No, but anyways, yeah. Give us some of the negative, right? Or not the negative, but rather the challenges, struggles, regrets, sure. anything you have there since you've been in this thing a little over a year now. And, you know, obviously you've gone through a lot because it was life changing for you. 10, 11 years as a teacher, boom, all of a sudden now you're sh thrusted into this full-time real estate. Yeah. It had to be tough. It was a learning experience. 
Um, I think one of the biggest... This is uncensored. You can say what you want. Don't have to spin it for us. Okay. Well, if I if I delve too far in, I might... No, I'm kidding. I might just leave. No, I'm kidding. No. I think the biggest struggle was myself learning to delegate my time because... And, you know, when we sat down with Mark, he kind of laid it on the table that my personality, you know, it's like I had that bell schedule with teaching. And in some essences, that was good for me because when that last bell rang, I walked away and I had no essential work to take home. But my personality is that I I won't stop. Like I had to teach myself you know, time management. And obviously through your guidance, I was able to have homework assignments and listen to <laughs> audiobooks that gave me the tools to really, you know, as far as work and, and life, like I take it both ways because I was able to then figure out how to delegate my time. What was priority? I had to learn an entire new world. You know, real estate was something that I was, what I feel very competent in, but I wasn't a perfectionist. Um, I wasn't perfect. I am always a perfectionist. I wasn't perfect at it. I never, nobody ever will be. I don't think we learn every day. So, but I, I was introduced to a world of running a brokerage where essentially I had no freaking clue what, what I was doing at first, but I was given the guidance. I was given the tools. Um, no, it's and, arguable. Well, <laughs> the tools were figured out. I was going to say <laughs> the tools were. I, I did a lot of re. I did. A, it was great. You got a Dropbox. It was a word. If I could access, find it, because ac access to word. If documents. I could find it, yeah. We we've overcome a lot of organization. I've created some organizational systems. We were good at keeping your head on straight while you figured it out. You're like you got this. So go ahead. <laughs> I'm your biggest cheerleader. No, I think that was the biggest thing. Is just figuring out the overall schematics of brokerage life versus agent life, because we were still pretty freaking busy as still are, you know, as a team. Um, so wearing all the hats, making them all efficient, organizing them, I think was the biggest, you know, obstacle to overcome. But essentially I was able to create the systems that made the most sense for what I, yeah. you know, yeah, need. you did the tools so, to, to build your own systems. What, yeah. what, like, okay, so clearly tough, right? That's that's in, that's obvious. Like, how did you manage it, the balance, right? You got you got the boys at home, lots of the boys at home, including Mark, Mark, Kobe, right? Like, my dog. <laughs> how, how do you manage all that? Because I know it's demanding. I know what you do on a daily basis between the brokerage, between you know the agent on the team with us, um, everything you're doing there. You're now you're recruiting trying to bring in the right agents, which is obviously much harder than just throwing out, you know, feelers to any ever agent that wants to come like a lot of brokerages do. And I don't fault them for that. I sure. think that's great for them to want to grow and build, but uh, we have a unique set of standards of which we allow to come into brokerage. So how the hell do you manage like all of that? And I do know this inherently myself because, you know, you work at all hours and I'm, I'm really helping you try to stop doing that. And, but like, I failed the test, you know, how does, how does that, <laughs> You know, how are you figuring that out? And I think we all will always have a long way to go, but how has how has that changed for you or how have you struggled and, and kind of overcome some of that stuff? Right? Because well, family's important to you and absolutely. I know how important it is to you. It's That's it's the everything. most important thing yeah. to you. You're always at the kids' games, right, and et cetera. So Yeah, I think honestly, first of all, learning all of the dynamics of each hat that's worn. 
Um, and then being able to delegate what is, you know, those top three priority, you know, items yeah. to be done on each, you know, sector. And then the one must do and just, you know, weeding through the essential items that have to be done each day. And then also kind of what I do is form that like flex time too, because things will always come up. So, you know, if things need answered immediately or anything like that, but you know, I work weird hours to work around my family because that's honest, like that's one of my biggest factors of why my why and always will be. But so I wake up really early and I hit the computer like 5.30 to 7.30. That's my first two hours of like my paperwork delegation and all of that. And then I honestly turn it off to get them up, get them fed. And then I obviously answer calls and emails and all of that. And then from like nine until four, when I get them, it's go hard or go home, you know, and just being able to time block has been really good though, because it allows me to be the businesswoman I would, you know, always want to be, but then also the mom that I um, refuse to not be, you know. Give so. us your most embarrassing moment as an agent or whatever comes to your mind, but. Probably have a lot, actually. Um, one of my initial ones, <laughs> I think. So I probably still have what are you a lot. Laughing at over there. You're you're next. I was thinking of some funny <laughs> shit. <laughs> I have a no, I, I have a master's degree, but you know how they say like you're either really smart or have common sense. So I'm really smart. So some of the things that I say, I don't have much common sense sometimes. Well, wow, talk about big head. <laughs> I'm, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Maybe I'm not really smart. I work really hard, <laughs> but I have that. Um, but so one of my first listing appointments. Hey, by the way, I'll give a quick saying. Hard work beats really smart all 100%. day when really smart doesn't work hard. I agree. I agree 100%. Um, all right, back to something. I was on a listing appointment and I was doing the walkthrough with the client. And this is one of the reasons I rarely will wear heels on appointments anymore because I hit the top step going downstairs and my heel got caught and I rode the steps on my shins all the way down to the bottom and I didn't know her. So it was a very nice introduction. I hopped right back up <laughs> because I'm agile. <laughs> Just oh, imagine me. Miss Ed teacher for 11 years. <laughs> my balance is great. Have you seen my, have you no plug or anything, but have you seen my reels? <laughs> the basketball. <laughs> Everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Follow Tara. They're, they're pretty. They're pretty entertaining. <laughs> toot toot. No. <laughs> no, but um, yeah, that was pretty bad. And I thought she was going to call nine one one, thinking that I broke my neck, but I was fine. So did you have some scuffed up knees? <clears throat> I had pants. I didn't wear. So I thank God I didn't. But yeah, I think it did wear down my pants. <laughs> yeah. Well, Mister Laughing over there, you got something for? Uh, us? There's tons. Some I won't say because might get me in trouble. But there's a couple. Of, <laughs> It's like a, I actually, uh, I took a big dump before an open house. I had a Dan Constantino's flip. <laughs> I used like the game room, like bathroom. I, I don't think the toilet flushed or something. Whatever it was, I got it to flush, but it stunk the entire time down in the basement. <laughs> I don't even know if I told him that. <laughs> Did it up. sell? Yeah, it's, it was a nice flip. It was, I knew it was going to sell. Sold. <laughs> but yeah, I, I locked uh, sellers out of a house too. So I went there, they were home. So I used the lockbox key. They were like, they didn't realize, I guess they didn't miss the call that there was an appointment. So they were like, hey, we'll just go out. They didn't take their keys. They just went out for a walk around the block. 
I left the house and turned the key knob and shut the door behind me before I put it back in a lockbox oh. or anything. But either way, I locked them out of the house. <laughs> I, th- I think we need to get a we need to get uh, the producers of this stuff. You know, Brian, you're our producer, so you need to make a short reel of yourself talking about and tag Dan and taking a dump in his flip space. <laughs> nah, if it didn't sell, I'd be upset. But he, he'll get over it. Yeah, and probably took a dump in that same basement. <laughs> he hears me. What, uh, you know, where you see yourself in five years, Tara? Options are limitless. I know I want to. The biggest keep... Poshmark seller there is? <laughs> no. Nah. Um, <laughs> I'm debating, quite honestly. My goals are being formed daily here. Obviously, to have one of, or the, well, let's rewind. To have the most valuable brokerages there are. And I think that ours honestly already is because of who we have um, and what we offer and just the community that we have. But additionally, I'd like to really focus on future stability. Um, I don't like the word wealth. I like stability, but for my family, um, you know, figuring out what works best for myself and my family to have that residual income so that if I wanted to take a vacation and, you know, not answer my phone for a day, that it, it's okay. Because that's one thing that I think we all in this industry, it's it's something that is just, it, it is what it is. It's almost like being a, a movie star and not expecting paparazzi to follow you. So um, it's not that I don't love it, but I also would like unplugged time, you know. Mm-hmm. So that's, I think, a big goal. Um, as far as where I see myself, I mean, I just, honestly, I trust in your guidance with both of you of where you know, you think my strengths are within the company and brokerage, but then definitely the entrepreneur in me wants to adventure out either into creating a portfolio for myself, investing more, um, doing flips versus buy and holds. So I haven't yeah. really mapped out, but I have a lot of things in my mind to kind of figure out. Not to not to plug anything, right? But I think you're at the right uh, brokerage and the right boop, company boop. in terms of, <laughs> of wanting to get into the investment side of space. I think we sure. offer something that uh, pretty much no other brokerage could offer when it comes to the investment side. So uh, I'm excited to see sure. see that for your future. And Thank you. we talked about it at the very beginning. So we to to that point, right? We don't know where we want to go. So let's continue to chase our happiness. What um, right? I like to always end sort of with with a give give the give advice. Like, what's the best advice you can give right now to everybody that's listening? No goal is a bad goal. Map it out and work toward it. And even if you have setbacks, keep going. And then surround yourself with people who have expertise in that end result. So know what you want. Surround yourself by pe- with people that will get you there um, and work your ass off to get it. So I love that. I where can uh, where can people find you? How? I'm going to get a hold of you. I'll give them my address out. It's like it's on it's on the internet. <laughs> no, you just moved, but no. What's your what's your uh, you you brought up the reels earlier? What's your Instagram handle? You got oh, whatever. It's Tara How they underscore sill. So Tara underscore sill s i l l like a window. Tara makes some great corny uh, reels, so get out there, follow her on <laughs> on Instagram. They're really cool. <laughs> yeah. Just like the mom has the jokes. <laughs> Hey, listen, appreciate having you on here, Tara, as Thank always. You. Love what you're doing for our brokerage. Love what you're doing, more importantly, for, uh, you know, the agents in the brokerage. I think, you know, you talk to any of them, 
they just say how fantastic you're doing, really changing their lives, changing our lives, changing all of City Life's lives for the better, changing the community that we're living in. Uh, incredible stuff. Appreciate Thank you. you. Thank you. I appreciate uh, you guys. Yeah, yeah that's, that's nice. it for another episode of uh, City Life Uncensored. Appreciate you having us. Talk soon.